Welcome to episode 114 of the Fitness Simplified Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Schlag. Before I introduce today's episode, I have an important announcement. The doors are open to my signature program, the Menopause Weight Loss Course. As of today, Thursday, September 2nd, doors are open for five more days. On midnight, Tuesday, September 7th, doors will close until 2022. So if you are a woman over 40 looking to lose weight, get strong, look toned and defined, and stop worrying about your weight and your food all the time, this course is for you. Get on in there and register. I'm going to leave um, the link to register in the show notes. You can also find it on my website. Message me if you have any questions about whether you are a good fit for this program. On to the episode. I had the great opportunity to be in the community called Perry. It is a community for perimenopausal women with my good friend, Susan Niebergall. And we had a great chat all about aging and weight loss and fitness. Let's go. I just want to introduce you both. Um, now that you're both here, this is um, Susan Niebergall and Kim Schlag, both of Susan, Susan Niebergall Fitness and Kim Schlag Fitness. Um, they are both fitness and weight loss coaches. Sorry, I'm just fixing my view here. Thanks so much and, for having me on. Oh, I'm so great. My buddy Susan. It's, yeah, it's we're good buds. I, I'm so glad. I'm so glad to meet you both and speak with you both. Um, and, you know, thank you in advance for your time. Kim, we were just kind of, it, while we were waiting for you, I was remarking on Susan's shoulders. And then I started, <laughs> I started. Everyone remarks on them. They're my God. Oh my God. And then I was asking her if she's postmenopausal or perimenopausal. And now, and I, I didn't intend to ask that, but now I would like to ask the same of you. I am solidly perimenopausal still, ladies. I am, um, gosh, I have been having perimenopausal symptoms since my early 40s. I'm going to be 51 in October. Uh, I have had a really rough go of it. And oh. I did not know for most of the time that what I was experiencing was perimenopause. I had never even heard that word before. Um, I just knew that uh, I was having vertigo and heart palpitations and all kinds of crazy symptoms. And I didn't know what was wrong with me. Um, and it wasn't until my late 40, I was having electric zapping sensations in my head and thought I was having a stroke. It wasn't until my late forties when I really started in on the hot flashes, which were for me, um, interminable and, um, totally changed the quality of my life. Um, really? a couple of years ago, I've been on HRT for a few years now and it has really, it changed my life. Oh, I'm so glad to yeah. hear that. And I'd yeah. love to talk about some of that. And you got just, just off the bat, I'm thinking of things I want to ask you that weren't even in my list of questions, but before I get to anything, anything, I just want to let listeners know that we have a giveaway that both Kim yeah. and Susan have uh, graciously offered a few things. So I want to say what those are to Perry community members and winners of the following um, will be contacted at the end of this call by Julia Walker. So Susan has donated a copy of her book, Fit at Any Age, as well as one free month of Inner Circle, her fitness club, which is awesome. And Kim is giving away one spot in her menopause weight loss course, which is fantastic. So 
Um, you will hear from Julia at the end of this. And uh, I'm super jealous and enjoy yourself to the winners because this is, you're gonna have an amazing experience with both of these women. Um, okay, so let's get started. Now, I know, let me just say, I always like to ask this and it's kind of irrelevant, but I just, I'm just curious. Um, where are you in the world, Kim? So Susan, I live outside of Philadelphia. I'm in the suburbs of Philadelphia, Phoenixville, okay. Pennsylvania. Okay. Now, um, if you would just sort of give us each, um, Kim, if you want to start, were you always in the fitness industry? Did you have, if you would just sort of let us know how you came to be the heavy hitters in the world of fitness that you are today. I was definitely not always in the fitness industry. Actually, people who see me now and knew me at another stage in my life, they're like, what happened to you? And how do you do? Why do you look like that? And that's what you do for a living? Because that was not me. I'm not an athlete by any stretch of the imagination. In high school, I was into like music and drama. Um, and I struggled with my weight. Look, I was a person, I'm the girl who like thought she needed to lose weight as a teenager and didn't. And in my 20s, wanted to lose five pounds. And in my 30s, I had three kids and gained 50 pounds with each one. Never really lost all of it each time. And by the time I was in my late 30s, I was obese. Tried every diet there is, you know, sometimes successfully. And I'm putting that in quotation marks because yeah. I always gained it back. So how successful was it? Sometimes not successful at all. And so by the time I hit my forties, I was really, I was really burnt out on all of that. And I was very overweight and really confused. And I just had this crazy experience where we were trying to be nice to somebody from our church congregation. And we let this kid move in with us. He was 19 and it was my job to keep him out of trouble. And he took me to the gym. He wanted to go to the gym. And so I took him to the gym and he's, he's like, here, come lift with me. Cause he's like, what are you trying to do? And I was like, I'm trying to not be fat. And he's like, you're doing it all wrong. So he taught me how to lift. And so I went to where all the big weights were and I started lifting. And not only did I start lifting, he called me out on how I was eating. He's like, you know what? I watch you all day long. You're in the pantry. You're, you eat nothing all day and all night you're in the pantry eating snacks. He's like, you need to start eating some meat and some vegetables. And I was like, fine, wow. I don't like vegetables. <laughs> but I did. I, and he's like, I don't care. You don't like vegetables. So he wasn't the nicest, but I did it. I started eating vegetables. I started eating meat. I stopped snacking all the time and I started lifting weights. And in several months I looked at my body and I was like, I have tried for decades to look like this. Like, what did I right. just do? So then right. I started actually researching, like, what had I done and how did I do this? And eventually like I helped a bunch of people at the gym because they noticed and everyone kept saying like, you should do this as a job. And so then I got certified as a personal trainer. I was in my early 40s, ladies. It's never too late. I was in my early 40s when this happened. Got certified as a personal trainer. Got certified um, as a nutritionist through Precision Nutrition. And I've been helping people ever since. Crap. That's an amazing story. I love <laughs> that. I, I had a feeling, and Susan, you'll let us know, but I had a feeling there was some sort of organic entry into this world for, for both of you. But that story is really special. And Susan, would you let us know as well how you got into this? Sure. Um, so I come to the fitness industry from the education world. I was a teacher and school counselor for 33 years. Um, and my story is basically, uh, I was the consummate yo-yo dieter for decades. You know, I did Jenny Craig back in the early days, lost 50 pounds. And from that point on, it was gain, lose, gain, lose increments of 50, literally for decades. Uh, thinking I was doing everything right. And of course, nothing worked. I couldn't sustain anything. Um, and literally, I, I guess it was in my early fifties, 
I re- remember this day. I wrote in my book about it, how I just walked in the bathroom and looked at myself and going, what the hell's happened to me? You know, I, I j- it just hit me all of a sudden and um, went to the doctor because I, I started thinking, oh, this must be menopause, perimenopause, you know, my, my age, that's what this is. And my metabolism must be shot. I get it now. You know, it all made perfect sense to me. So I thought. And then I had all the all the blood work done. Everything was fine. Everything that I was blaming right. turned out to be not at fault. It it right. was it was years of me not doing what I could have done to to sustain weight loss. And um, at that that was a big turning point for me. And at that time, I was certified as a trainer too. So there was a sense of humility. I was humiliated because. Um, I looked like that. And I'm like, I can't, con- I can't control this. I was playing a victim. I was a victim. And I think that mentality was what was driving. It was happening to me mm. instead of me understanding that, no, you really have control over how this narrative goes. Mm-hmm. So from that moment on, I started making small changes, got certified uh, shortly before all that happened. Um, and hired uh, Jordan, who, who I coached the inner circle with as my one-on-one coach. And when I started working with him, everything changed, like the mindset, especially um, I, I, he was holding me accountable. My workouts got, but everything changed. And then um, I just decided, you know, I retired from the school system after 33 years and decided, you know what, if I can change this around in my mid fifties, my God, anybody can. And so that's kind of my message and Kim's as well. I mean, we're just yeah. out there to, to tell everyone it's never too late. Hence the, the subtitle of my book, yeah. because we, I mean, we both truly believe that it's never too late to do whatever it is you want to do. And yeah. so that's why we're both here. I love that. And I'm personally encouraged by your messages every day, really. They're so, uh, just a boost. And I think both of you also have this kind way of sort of holding people accountable, giving information and then saying, look, this is in your hands. And I also think that's a really important message. Although I'm sure that in working with clients, you discover that people kind of have to be ready for that as well. And I think that's really important, but it's never too late is the whole thing. So um, just to kind of thread that actually, it made me think of my next question for Kim, if you would. Um, So you shared a post not too long ago that um, where you talked about having this light bulb moment um, where you kind of let go chasing the certain kind of body. Um, So would you talk about that and also kind of thread the needle for us about making strides towards health, but also loving uh, the body that you're in. And it, I, I'm not exactly certain why, but it's making me think also of this idea of releasing this victim mentality, you know, and I, if you could just talk about that a little yeah, bit. I will say, I'm going to give it a little caveat here. Okay. I usually try to teach from a place and share from a place of like knowledge This is a new thing for me. And I want to be really clear about that. I, like I said, I'm a person who, since I was a teenager, just always wanted to change my body. Like there was always something I didn't like. Right. And until very recently, that was still the case for me. Um, I got incredibly sick last year. We don't know to this day, whether it was COVID, whether it was pneumonia, whether it was complications of both, but I was for all intents and purposes, bedridden from October until the end of January. That's Mm -hmm. a really long time. 
I um, lost my ability to speak. Um, I didn't have the breath support to speak and I had vocal cord damage. So this was a really serious um, illness that mm -hmm. I fought through. I began to get better with the help of many, many doctors. Um, and during the course of this, I gained 20 pounds because I literally sat on my sofa or in my bed for months and everything hurt to eat. And believe it or not, even chewing was tiring. And so I was eating like the ice cream and soup diet is, is what I like to call it. And so I put on 20 pounds last year um, in three months. Uh, decided I was ready to start losing that weight as I was getting my health back under control. I really wasn't fully well until late last spring was when I was fully well, but I started working, um, started exercising again, started eating well again. I've now lost 20 pounds since January, but as I was coming out the other side of that and I'm feeling really good and I'm back in the gym and, um, I can see this, this corner, I've turned this corner. I had a breast cancer scare. Um, and it was just a couple of days that we were unsure and that just knocked the wind right out of me. I was thinking like, I have just come from a place of knowing what it is like when your health is not well. And yeah. I felt so excited to be able to just live life without constantly thinking about my health mm -hmm. and to then have this happen. It just, I had this moment of clarity where I was like, I just, I can't keep fighting with my body. Like I have spent all this time fighting for my health and here I am like worried about five more pounds. Mm. Like this is insanity. Uh, I can't keep doing this. And I was thinking about, cause when I, when I decided I was going to lose this 20 pounds, I was talking to my coach and I was like, I think then this time I'm gonna, I want to get leaner than I even was before. And, you know, I'm thinking about like, want to build my biceps and get more you know, chiseled legs and all these things. And all of a sudden in that moment, I'm like, none of that really matters if I'm not well. And frankly, I'm almost 50. I'm mean, 50 years. I don't know why I'm almost. I am. I'm 50. <laughs> why does this even still matter to me? I, this is enough. I, in that moment, I was just like, it's going to be enough for me from now on. I'm not doing it anymore. Like not yeah. another day in my life. Am I going to worry about how lean my thighs are or if I have built my glutes enough or should I spend more time on my shoulders? Now, mm -hmm. all of this to say, ladies, this does not mean like I'm not going to strength train and I'm not going to eat well and care about these things because they're important. It's important to strength train for our health. And there's nothing wrong with wanting aesthetic changes in your body. It's literally what I do for a living. And I'm not judging anybody for that. I'm just tired. I'm just mm -hmm. tired of it. Mm -hmm. And um, I want to lay that down. I don't mm -hmm. want to chase a certain look anymore. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what that's going to look like. And I don't, uh, does that mean like, look, I have hair extensions. I love them. I don't intend to give them up. So, <laughs> uh, so that's why I say, I usually want to teach from a place of expansion. Like, here's what I know. I don't know anything about this, except I'm just I'm tired of chasing a certain look and I don't yeah. want to do it anymore. No, but I think that really resonates for a lot of women because I, I think also um, in midlife, we're sort of ripe to get to a point where we sort of go enough with a lot of things and whether it's yeah. enough, I want to take my health in hand or enough, I want to stop obsessing about the size I am or the number on the scale there. It, we're sort of ripe for a release of a lot of this, whatever this is, sort of attachment to um, what we look like. And what I think it sort of opens us up to is this, um, this place of health and sort of the aesthetic being uh, almost secondary, which is really yeah. actually kind of freeing when you're focused on strength and maybe not focused on size, 
you get stronger. The size becomes irrelevant, although it looks the way it looks. And I think that's a really um, sort of important thing for people to kind of ruminate on if even mm-hmm. if they're not there yet, because yeah. it helps you move sort of in a direction towards health. And yeah. I think that's where you're both coming from more than anything. Does that make sense for you too, Susan? I see you nodding. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, without health, what what else do you have? Right. You know right. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, Susan. Um, so I think you mentioned this a, a minute ago, uh, this idea, well, you said something that made me think of it. Um, this idea of uh, body positivity, and I'm, I'm putting that in quotes because I think it's kind of, it's like a thing right now. Um, and And there's also health and fitness goals. And you really changed your sort of internal external goals. You know, you, you sort of, you had this moment, you said you looked at yourself and you were just like, what is going on? Um, but, but you also sort of sought, I think, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong to reach real results, um, in the gym. So what, what was that for you? What, other than this moment where you sort of said, you know, what is going on? Did you kind of decide, you know, I have, that you do have this physical goal or this goal around your physicality that you wanted to reach? Or was it really about health? I mean, it's changed. It's changed over the years without a doubt. When I started working out way back when I was just doing classes, like a lot of people do, you know, I just for the community part, um, that got me going back and I just loved that. And, and then when I started working with trainers way back in the day, I, they would take me into the weight section and I would learn stuff from them. And I just liked getting stronger. Mm. And the, the issue was all those years put together, all these different people that I learned from, and I learned something from everybody. But since nutrition wasn't part of the discussion, uh, I kept spinning my wheels, right? And I kept thinking, I'm not working hard enough in the gym. I need to work out more. It's the whole more is better kind of mentality. Um, And I was working out six days, sometimes seven days a week, sometimes two a days. And not cardio and strength, but two strength days, two strength workouts in a day. You know, because man, if one's good, two must be great, right? You know, yeah, yeah, it must be better. And it was it was awful, but I didn't realize it at the time. And it was all driven by fear. So fear plays an underlying role in this. Uh, You know, people that tell me, and I have conversations with people like this all the time, that they they love to work out. They hate taking a rest day. And when we have this discussion, we come to the conclusion, as was with me, that fear is driving that more than anything else. Sure. We all love to work out. I, I, and I do love to work out. And I was telling everybody, yeah, I love to work out. That's why I work out like crazy. Um, but the underlying thing was fear. I was afraid not to, I was afraid that if I didn't work out that hard, I was going to lose progress, not make any progress, you know, get fat, all those things, um, because more is better, you know, and I, and I was making no progress doing that, you know, in the moment you can't see that, but look that looking back on, I'm like, you know, what an idiot I was. I mean, I'm making no progress whatsoever, but I was doing it because I was afraid not to. But when I started working with Jordan and he scaled me back to four days a week, I mean, I thought I thought I was having withdrawals. Yeah, I mean, I was having, free. it was so hard. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first time I had a rest day, I didn't know what to do. 
you know, and he's like, well, rest. And I'm like, kind of rest? I don't know how to rest. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it was really anxiety producing at the beginning. But but once I did that I, and I let my body rest, oh boy, yeah, now the change, now the strength starts coming. Now the physique starts to change because I have I have nutrition on board now with him. And so everything skyrocketed. And, and I think it's just a real good lesson because my, my original intent physically was to um, power lift with him. That's what I wanted to do at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I got into it, nah, not, not as much of an interest as it was then, I became more physique goal mm-hmm. oriented. That was what I wanted to do. I wanted to still continue to build strength and I still wanted to see how I could build a physique. I had never done it before. So right. I wanted to see how I could do it. And, um, so, and that's kind of where I am today. I mean, my goal from this moment at 61 moving forward for the rest of my life is to continue that same, that same path. You know, I want to still be healthy. I mm-hmm. still want to keep my nutrition in check. I still want to lift heavy weight. I want to try to improve. I want to build what I can build. You know, that's where I am. Okay. Um, thank you. I, I, Wonder, uh, Susan, I saw a post on this uh, of yours, um, and Kim, I also see you talking about it sort of threaded. So if you could both just just talk a little bit about metabolic conditioning and what that is and what it is to um, an aging body. And, you know, it's funny, I'm saying that and I'm, I'm thinking of what you guys are both saying and looking at both of you, and I'm thinking that in, in many ways, uh, and I want to be careful about what I say because I'm not intimating anything, but you're, you're sort of defying aging and having this commitment to health and wellness and physicality and all of that. But at the same time, we are all moving in, the, you know, in one direction and we're getting older. And it sounds like, the, well, maybe not, but is the gym changing for you? Is fitness changing for you? Um, sort of your ability to do the same things you did in the gym, you know, ten years ago versus today. That for me right now, yeah, it's changed. It mm-hmm. changed from when I was fifty. Like it's changed since I worked started working with Jordan. I, there are some things that I don't do anymore that I did five years ago. So okay. I think there's realities to this, and okay. I think you have to be acutely aware of them. Um, there are some things I'm just not going to do. Like I'm, I'm not going to do a pull-up with my palms facing this way ever. I have no desire to do that because I've had, I have, I have a shoulder issue right now, but I've had some shoulder issues, super hard on your shoulders. So I've gone after chin-ups. That's been my drive. You know, Mm -hmm. you adjust um, Mm -hmm. based on your physical situation at the time. But yeah, I've, I've changed quite a bit, even in the last several years. And I probably before would have looked at that as, oh no, you know, everything's going away. I'm losing whatever. And I look at it now says, no, my path is just going this way. Like I'm still building. I'm still getting strong. I'm just not doing some of the same things that I did before because it's my choice. Something that might be harder on my hip. You know, I don't think I'll ever bench press with a bar again, because I Mm -hmm. just don't see the need for me to do that. Okay. It locks my shoulders in, in not a great place. And I, you know, it's, re- it's interesting because I recently brought that back and I have not enjoyed it at all. 
I am a dumbbell girl. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I like lifting 55 pound dumbbells. That's, mm-hmm. I would rather do that. And my shoulders can adjust. So for me, that's a much better path to ensure that I can do this yeah. for as long as I want to do it, you yeah. know? And I think yeah. that's the whole thing, um, is, is knowing where you're at and making a slight adjustment and keep going. Okay. And Kim, Okay, so there were two questions in there, and I'm going to tell you the way yeah, my brain and I'll works. Get back and, metabolic yeah, stuff. I was going to say, okay, come back and ask me that one again because yep. I'm going to forget by the time yep. I start talking yep. about the second. <laughs> yeah. Um, as far as like defying aging, I don't. I like to look at more. I like to look at it more like I'm not defying aging. I'm aging. I'm aging every day. We all are. I like to look at it as exploring for me, what does aging look like? And it doesn't look like what I thought it was going to. And I think for a lot of us in here, like when I was younger and thought of a 50 year old woman, it did not look like this. Like it, yes. it looked like one of the golden girls, right? Yeah. And I'm like probably one yeah. of the older golden girls, right? That's yeah. not what 50 looks like to me, right? And so for me, I don't feel like I'm defying aging. I feel like I'm defining aging for me and letting other people see like, what is it, what does you as a 50 year old woman look like? And it probably doesn't look like what you think. It's not necessarily that you're unhealthy or you can't do things. I like to power lift. I'm going to keep power lifting. I, don't, I put this story up on Susan. I think you put it up too. Somebody posted this, this 100 year old woman who just started power lifting in her nineties. Yeah. And she was, I think she was deadlifting like 195 pounds or something. <laughs> Insane. Like that's a, it's amazing. And yeah. I've, I've been at powerlifting meets and been next to like 75 year old women who were deadlifting more than me. Wow. And I was like really inspired by that. Yeah. So I don't feel like I'm defying aging. I feel like I am aging and I'm aging how I want to age. And it's going to include me in the gym, lifting heavy stuff. Yeah. And there's no reason we can't, we can't. Do I that. love that. I love what both of you are saying, which is we can do it. It's a redefinition of what aging looks like. And it's really um, sort of like adjusting to what works for you, which I think is so important for everyone to hear. But a lot of midlife women, especially who are sort of looking at their bodies and saying, I need to do this, I need to do this. And no, there are other ways to work your shoulders, other ways to work your biceps and to be flexible about that with yourself. Or you said something, Susan, that was you both did. That was really interesting, which is I want to do what I like, you know, and that's a big, big deal. But I think, you know, if you have goals, right, it, maybe there's certain things you need to focus on, but you should still be doing what you really like and yeah. what your body lends itself to. I think, I think there are people that misunderstand that if you want to go to the gym or lift heavy weight, they envision a barbell, they envision yeah. picking 300 pounds up off the ground or having it on your back or something. And that's not what it's about. I mean, yeah. it could be about that for sure. Right. But that's, if you don't want to lift a barbell, you don't ever have to lift with a barbell in your entire life. And you can still get healthy, move better, feel better, build strength, build muscle. You can do all that. So I just think people get tied into yeah. what they think it means, but the reality is you can do whatever you want to do that feels good to you for where you're at. Yeah. Great. Awesome. Okay. Now back to my question about metabolic conditioning. What is that all about? And what does it mean to an aging body? I'll I'll say this. um, It depends how it's done, right? I, I think sometimes we hear that term and I think people think jumping, pounding and all that and metabolic conditioning just are shorter circuit style workouts, maybe three, four, five exercises that use weight. 
Um, and like, you'll do six rounds of something or you'll set the clock for a certain amount of time and do as many rounds as you can. So the tempo is faster. It's more upbeat. Your heart's probably going to get, your heart rate's going to get jacked up. Um, and you're probably going to have to use less weight than if you're strength training in a gym, all of that can be great, right? It's not for everybody. I mean, some people don't want to do that. They get scared. They think, you know, that that's the only way for them to get in shape. And, and that's just not true. It's just another tool in a toolbox. And, and, and Kim will hop on this too. It's not the same as strength training. Recording in, in progress. It's, it's, it's two it's different two things. So um, it has a time and place um, and it can be great if you don't have time to do something, or if you don't have access to a lot of equipment, those metabolic circuits are great for stuff like that. We have them in the inner circle every month. We put out four new ones as options for awesome. people, you know, that kind of thing, but it's not a have to, I feel like it's a tool in a toolbox. Okay. okay. Great. And Kim. Yeah, it's a really sexy idea that people like really latch onto, right? Like, oh, I should do metabolic conditioning. And they're great. That's a great thing to do. They're really, and I and I know Susan uses them this way as well, because I'm very, I'm, I'm very familiar with how she programs. It's like the sprinkles on top of a Sunday. It's like the cherry on top of a Sunday. It's like a little something extra and it's great and you can do them. And I offer them to my clients as well. We do them very sparingly. Um, we're not doing them every day. Okay. Um, and I have plenty, plenty of clients who don't even do them. Strength training, dedicated strength training, that should be the meat of your training. Okay. Shake head so, we, we both know that that's the way it should look. Awesome. Which is a perfect segue to my question, which is what is the tried and true bare bones stuff that people watching today should walk away knowing? So you're, Kim, you said strength training is yeah. where it's at. So are you talking specifically like for like, I want to look like I'm fit, okay. I want to lose weight, that kind of stuff. Like yes. So, so no, that's great because I was going to get into specifics later, but, but yes. So with that weights versus cardio weight loss versus muscle shaping. I mean, I guess I'm sort of, I'm thinking about the perhaps novice woman in midlife who comes to either of you and says, maybe doesn't even join a group, but says, I don't know what to do and I don't know where to get started. And I want to yeah. lose a little weight. And, you know, this is happening with my arms. Like I'm thinking of what, you know, just people on the street might stop and yeah. ask you, what do you say to them? That the number one thing, Susan and I could say it together, it's not going to be what it, to look better. Like if you're feeling like this is looking a little flabby and I'm feeling kind of soft, it's not going to matter what you do in the gym. If you don't have your nutrition under control, it's number one. Okay. Oh my nutrition, God. Ladies. It's annoying, looks, but it's true. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I love it. This is, this is critical because people will say this too, that, oh, I hear about this, you know, it's mostly nutrition, but I don't really buy it. So they pound away cardio in the gym, thinking they're burning all these calories from whatever they ate. And you're saying rain it in, in the kitchen. You got to, yeah. I, and I'll hop on this too. Here's one way to think about this. And I, I use this analogy all the time. If we'll say we have a fat loss car and you got to have a driver of your car and you got to have a passenger in your car. And if your car's fat loss or weight loss, the driver is who's responsible for getting you to your goal. And that has to be nutrition. Like Kim said, has to, has to, has to, because yeah. if, you, if you don't have a driver, you go nowhere. So nutrition's driving the car training is the passenger in that car. Training will get out the map, maybe help you get there, 
um, whatever, but it's not training's responsibility to get you there. Ah. It's nutrition's responsibility. And when we, when we think of it that way, our priorities will start to kind of shift. You know, we won't be doing the hours of cardio or trying to out train, you know, eating whatever, punishing ourselves for having a nice dinner out or stuff that I used to do all the time. Um, it, yeah. we, we, nutrition's the hardest thing to change. Training's yeah. easy, like add a class, do this, do that. I mean, but when you have to look at what you're eating, that's kind of tough, right, Kim? Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, it's all day every day versus like yeah. hey, three or four times a week. I'm adding this in, and neither of us think that like training isn't important. So we don't. We both are like, you should be training. It's so good for you in so many ways. But you're not going to get the results you want if you can't get your nutrition in check. So that would be number one. And when we say nutrition in check, we mean total calories. We need to get you, if you want to lose fat, you need to be in a calorie deficit. It's not about how many carbs you're eating or eating clean. Um, it's not about that. You can eat carbs and lose weight. It's about total number of calories. And then the second piece is we need to get you eating plenty of protein because that's going to support you looking uh, you want to look like Susan, you have some muscle definition that means you need to keep muscle on your frame, even as you're in a deficit. So your body, when you are in a calorie deficit, which you need to be to lose fat, it is breaking down your tissue. What tissue do we want it to break down and use your fat, not your muscle. If you okay. want to keep your muscle, got to eat protein. Okay. I am personally freaking out because I, there's so much I want to get into. And you guys are hitting every single question <laughs> I have coming. So let me go back for a minute to strength training and why strength training is sort of, would you say it's preferential? Would you say you also need to be doing cardio or look at what kind of cardio you're thinking It's preferential. About, right? Okay. It's preferential. For, for physique, like for weight loss and like physique goals, it's preferential. Cardio is important for heart health, for sure. You should be doing some. Um, but as far as like losing weight, we want you to prioritize strength training because again, you're and, going to lose muscle without it. And how about uh, strength training as it relates to aging slash bone density, keeping muscle on? Is that, it's also, it's preferential. Yeah, to to. yeah. Okay. one in two women over the age of 50 breaks a bone due to like bone density issues. And one of the things you can do to prevent that is strength training. Okay. And by strength training, let's just be really specific. You are talking about lifting weight. Are you talking about bands? Are you talking about resistance, body work? What, what is the strength training? You go, Susan. All of that, all of the above. All okay. of it. All okay. of it. Um, I, I think people can start with body weight and progress to, you know, lighter weight, whatever. The, the idea here with strength training is that you lift as much weight as you can, keeping your form in check. Um, and that's going to be different for every single person. And, and people, I feel like when they, when they hear, you know, how much, or they ask how much weight should I be lifting? That's a really individual question because everyone's coming to this from a different place, but in general, we have to remember strength training is not supposed to be easy. It's not right. supposed to tickle, right? It's supposed to be one of these things that gets you a little uncomfortable, a little out of your comfort zone, but you're smart about it. You know, people go from one extreme to the other, you know, I can't lift yeah. that big dumbbell down at the end of the rack. Well, good news is you don't have to yeah. <laughs> yeah. let's come back to where we were and, and see, and see where you are from there. And I, I think when people 
approach strength training. Sometimes they approach it because they don't know. They don't have enough um, education. And and I love to tell people this. If you are like brand spanking new to uh, strength training, my recommendation, if it's at all possible, is to get an in-person trainer to help you just for a handful of sessions to show you not only around the gym and where everything is and where the free weights are and be comfortable there, but to show you how to do some movements very safely and effectively so that you could end up doing them on your own, or you could hire a coach at that point online or join a group of the inner circle or whatever, you know, you will be in a better position. Sometimes that's not possible, but if it is, that's where I tell people, I would love to see you start just because the confidence that you'll build from having somebody right there Mm -hmm. when you're brand new is going to be a lot greater than if you're trying to get it off the internet and trying to follow and, yeah. and, and people can do that, but it, it is harder. Right. And especially yeah. if you're intimidated. Um, yes. Okay. Awesome. Thank can I you. Tell you can, I want to give you just a couple Please. of things that a, a lot of the ladies listening here are probably doing. If you are strength training, or if you're thinking about starting, there are a couple of common mistakes that women make uh, with strength training that just aren't going to get you um, effective results. And okay. they are number one, jumping around with what you're going to do. So like kind of going on Pinterest and picking out a workout or doing a swipe workout one day, and then another time doing another one and just kind of picking this and that, that's not going to get you good results, which ties into the next thing, which is lifting the same weight all of the time for the same number of reps, both of those two things. So if you're always lifting 10 pound weights, when you bicep curl for 10 reps and you do that permanently, you're not going to see results. Both of those are tied to a really important principle. It's called progressive overload. And it's the thing you need to change the shape of your body. If you want to tone your muscles, build muscle, you have to do more work over time, which means you need to use heavier weight and you need to be practicing the same moves. And so you want to get a training program and stick with it for at least four weeks so that every week you're doing rows and you're doing squats and you're doing it each week, working across that time each week, week to week, getting stronger in those moves. So if you goblet squatted with 10 pounds one week, by the end of the month, we would want you to be goblet squatting with more weight. And I'm not going to give it because like Susan said, I can't give you absolute numbers, but it should sure. be more. Um, and, really and so important. can I ask you, Kim, with that principle, if yeah. you're, if you are, if you are lifting 10 pounds one week doing a goblet squat, you want to try and bump it the next week, or you want to try and bump it when you feel like this is getting kind of lightweight for me? That's a really good question. So here's what I want you to do within each set. Okay. I want you to focus towards the end of the set. So if you're supposed to do a set of 10 reps, by the time you get to reps nine and 10 of that set, it should feel really hard. So when you're on rep 10, if you feel like you could keep doing 11, 12, 13, 14, it's too late. Pick up a heavier weight for the next set. Every set should feel hard. And that's why even though we don't want you in there, like trying to work up a sweat and move really fast, it's going to feel challenging because you're going to use a weight that is challenging for you. So that's a really great question. Within each set, it should be hard. And if you need to pick up a heavier weight for the next set, do it. Okay. That, these are awesome lessons. All right. So get someone to help you through the gym. If you're super new in there so that you're not intimidated and you get familiar with everything and you know where to get started and be committed to a plan for, you know, let's say four, four weeks at a Minimum time four weeks and progressively upping your load. 
Mm-hmm. Wait, is that right? Okay. Yep. Um, okay. Calories in, calories out. You touched on this. This is like, I feel like the screamer conversation that women are always having in this world of health and fitness. What is the tried and true? What is the thing? And I think that what, what gets tricky is that for some women in terms of just health, that um, the focus on calories in, calories out negates a lot of other things that are important to them. So for example, their hormones, you know, particularly women in midlife, if hormones are impacting your, um, you know, your ability to, I don't know, burn calories or something like that, setting aside what, whatever is working for each individual woman, you are saying that you must decrease your calories if you are trying to lose weight and that the, the bulk of your caloric intake should be protein. No, not I don't know if I would say, I don't know if I would say bulk Okay, uh, because I, I think that is the macronutrient that you should emphasize. Okay. It's, the, it's probably uh, prioritized over the others just because of what we said earlier, how it will help you um, maintain your mass while you're trying to lose weight, help you build some muscle mass so you okay. can live a more functional life as you get older. Um, those kinds of things is why I think protein is kind of the next important thing. I mean, it is a calories in, calories out world. I mean, it is. And people get all hot under the collar about this because they confuse calorie, the term calorie and the term nutrient. Because I throw out to them, as Kim has done this, we've all done this, saying the calories in an apple are the same as the calories in a donut. And people are like, what? (laughs) Because they're thinking nutrients. Yes, yes. Certainly, the nutrients in an apple and a donut are not remotely the same. That's a different conversation. But a calorie is a unit of measure, just like an inch. So an inch on one ruler is going to be the same as an inch on another ruler. That's that's where people don't see it. And yeah. when you think of, of calorie as a measurement, well, then it is standard across any kind of foods. Now, all of that being said, d- does that mean that you should eat all junk and try to lose weight? And, you know, of course the answer is no, you, right. know, you see people, all these studies where people have lost weight eating just like Twinkies or some outrageous something. Right. And, um, the, the, the thing is, if you do something crazy like that, you could lose weight. I mean, if you eat in a deficit and eat just Twinkies, you could lose weight. Absolutely. Yes. But your health will be horrible. Okay. You're yeah. going to feel horrible. You'll have no energy. Um, you're going to be hungry all the time because Lord knows Twinkies aren't going to keep you feeling full and satisfied, you know? Right. And so, I mean, it's, it's two separate things. You don't want to do that. You want to eat mostly nutrient dense foods with protein being the next priority for fat loss, because it's also going to keep you feeling satisfied longer. And so, I mean, it has a lot of bonuses. That's why we always emphasize protein, especially as we age, because, you know, we've been losing mass for so many years, uh, you know, little bit by little bit. And really with what has just come out is, um, especially in my neighborhood now, you know, (laughs) so yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, we have to be aware of that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Kim, did you want to add any more? Yeah, um, look, I agree with every single thing Susan just said there. Um, 
the debate between is it calories or is it hormones is really, it's a false dichotomy. It's both. Okay. It's calories and hormones. Any issues you have with your hormones, whatever you're doing, um, whatever we're, whatever anyone's talking about, it's not that that is working outside the energy balance equation, right? It's impacting your calories in or your calories out, right? So it okay. doesn't work. Can you say that one more time? That it's so not? Your hormones are not working outside of the energy balance equation. So if you're struggling with stress or a lack of sleep and you're like, oh, that's impacting my hormones, that is not going to supersede what is happening with your calories in, calories out. Okay. It is impacting either the amount of calories you're taking in or the number of calories that you're putting out. You see what I'm saying? So it's not one or the other. It's okay. the hormones are impacting the energy balance equation. Anyone who knows that is worth their salt when it comes to nutrition will tell you that energy balance it has to be in, you have to be in an energy deficit to lose fat. Like it, you can't get around it, but your yeah. hormones still matter. Awesome. Thank you for breaking that down, ladies. With that said, my next question, Kim, you share food swap stuff, which I love. And you talked a bit recently about um, and I, I think it was like candy and how one was, um, sort of not necessarily a better swap. Do you remember? Oh, this oh gotcha. Gotcha. When you said I share food swap stuff, I was like, yeah, I no, 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 <laughs> no, like, yeah. <laughs> no, no. Was this one particular post? Yes. And, I know. And yeah. just, so I shared a post. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I shared a post and it was showing Reese cup and quest protein peanut butter cups. Yeah. And like people will often go into the store and pick up like those Justin peanut butter cups or these quest peanut butter cups yeah. and be like, Oh, this is better for me than the Reese's. And in reality, the calories are often either exactly the same or really similar. Now the one I shared the quest, there was a little more protein, but it wasn't even a lot. And my point was, how about we just let Reese cups be Reese cups? How about we just eat a peanut butter cup, factor okay. that into our calories and get our protein from chicken breast, right? We, not everything we eat there's this, this concept called health halo and marketers try and make us think that certain things are super healthy for us. And we should buy those things. It's going to be the thing that helps us. And right now protein is a buzzword because it is important, but everyone's slapping the word protein on everything. And then people are like, I should buy that. Yeah. We don't need to think of it in those terms, right? We don't have to like fall into those marketing traps. You can get your protein from chicken and beef and fish and yogurt, and then just eat some dang Reese cups. Okay. You don't need to be food swapping everything. Not everything needs to be made out of cauliflower. We can let cauliflower right. be cauliflower <laughs> and it's delicious, but we don't have to make cauliflower be our pizza crust. We can just eat pizza. Right. Right. Susan, did you want to add anything to that? I'm just saying I've never been a food swapper like that. I could, well, I mean, I was for decades, right? I did the low fat, the non-fat, the, the, all these things, these, and I just, I don't do it anymore. You know, yeah. if I want that peanut butter cup, or if I want what uh, that ice cream or whatever it is, I have it. I yeah. learn how to incorporate it into whatever I'm doing nutritionally at the time. Yeah, it, it's it's um, you're far better off learning to include stuff like that and 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 get out of the I can't have that or this is bad for me kind of mentality. Yeah. I think that whole relationship with food gets mucked up which it did for me uh, for decades. And, and that leads you down paths where you're just spinning your wheels forever. You know, food's not good or bad. It's just food. Some will taste better. Like Kim was talking about in her post. 
Um, and, and some will have more nutrients than others. Some will have more calories than others, more protein than others. There's a place for all of it. Yeah. There's just a place for all of it. This is called life. Right. And we have to be able to practice, including what we want to include in our own lives. Yeah. I, I so appreciate what you're both saying, because I think we do tend to overcomplicate things. And again, just sort of bringing it back to being in midlife. And so many of us do have this moment where we go, what happened? You know, my body is not the same or things aren't, you know, I, I used to, you know, drink about half a bottle of wine and wake up fine. And now I wake up and I feel terrible and I swear I'm bloated. And like, there are all this, these kinds of things that we kind of hit the wall with. And then we want to sort of furiously work to get rid of all of it. And the truth is there is life and life goes on and there is a way to be healthy and sort of meet our physical goals and not be self-punishing or not decide that something is good or bad or decide this is better. If I'm in the bad category, this is the better of the bad. <laughs> the better of the bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, can, can you... Give us some tips for the unmotivated. Yeah. Um, stop trying to be motivated. Because, <laughs> and I know that sounds terrible. It sounds exactly. terrible. But here's the deal. Motivation is fabulous. And when it is around, I suggest you harness that motivation you feel to build some really strong habits. So when you're feeling really motivated, like now's my time and I'm going to lose weight and I'm going to get to the gym. Use that moment in time to make some really good habits of like walking more during the day and eating more protein and eating more vegetables, whatever the, the habits that we, that we talk, you know, and what a good one, we just talked about that junk food kind of thing, shoot for 80% of your food to be nutrient dense food and 20% to be fun food work on building those habits. But here's the deal. Nothing you do, nothing I say, or Susan says no motivational quote is going to help you keep motivation around all the time. Cause that's not how it works. It comes and it goes. So when it's there, use it to build good habits. When it's not there, you coast on those habits partly. And then the other thing is you make a decision. Every day we have to make decisions to do the things we don't want to do. And the cool thing about it, and Susan and I could say this in turn, we can, we can say this together. Motivation is going to come after the action. You act your way to motivation. So you take a step and you do something. You start seeing a little result or feeling a little bit better because you know how it goes. You put your shoes on and go outside. You didn't want to walk and now you're glad you're out there, right? Right. And so it's about making that decision. You do the action and then you feel the motivation, but stop waiting for motivation. Awesome. Susan? Yeah, I mean, it's, it, 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 it's the same thing. Action, it comes first. And I think people make the mistake of waiting to feel motivated to go yeah. do anything. And, and if you're going to wait, you're going to wait forever because mm -hmm. it, it, it doesn't work that way. As Kim said, action is what's going to get you motivated because when you take action and you repeatedly take that action, you're going to start seeing results. And when right. you start seeing results, and that could be, I feel better, I slept better, my nutrition's on track, I went to the gym, whatever it is, then all of a sudden the spark's going to get lit a little bit, right? It might not be super bright at first, but it's there. You're going to feel better. And then you're going to want to do it again. And you're going to feel even better. So action is what really is going to break down that wall of friction. I feel like there's a wall of friction in front of us when, when we're unmotivated and we yeah. need to bust through the wall. We need to get to the other side. And sometimes, and this is the tough love part of me, because I've been told recently a lot that I'm known for tough love, which is, which is cool. I'll take that. Mm -hmm. Um, 
is that, you know, you got to do it anyway. Don't care if you don't want to, because sometimes you got to do, especially what you don't want to do. If you ever want to feel motivation, it's easy to do things when you want to, it's hard to do when you don't. And those are the tough love moments where you have to give yourself and just say, I got to do it. I'm going to go do it. It's like, I don't want to go to the gym today. I don't want to go to the gym today. Go to the gym, focus on how, how are you going to feel after you go to the gym? There's never a person that ever regrets doing that ever. You feel so much more energized. You feel better, whatever. You're proud of yourself because you did it. You know, those are the things Mm -hmm. that keep you going to the next one. And you can baby step your way there. So if you're like, that sounds really hard, Susan. No, she's not saying you gotta like get there and like bust out the best session ever, but you can just say to yourself, like, I feel really unmotivated. I'm gonna go to the gym and I'm gonna do one set of goblet squats today. And if I don't feel like going and doing more, I won't. Likely Mm. you're gonna feel like doing more. Same thing, like if you're like, I don't feel like eating healthy today, be like, all right, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to have like a serving of vegetables with my, with my lunch today. I'm just going to put them on my plate. And when you do that, it's, it's more motivating to then do the next thing, right? So pick a small thing and and focus on just deciding to do that. You know, you guys are making me think about clients you work with. Um, I'm, I'm assuming, you know, everyone who jumps on board with you wants to be there, right? And they want to get started and they have a goal and they want to achieve it. But so many of us hit a wall. And um, so what does that look like for so many midlife women? What is that wall? Is it like I'm super fatigued? Is it I'm just feeling like, you know, forget it? I know it, I, obviously it's different for everybody. I guess I'm just sort of getting at what do you, what do you, what do you say? What do you encourage them with? Because I'm all down for the tough love stuff. I really am. And I think we all need to hear that. And we all need to have that voice, um, you know, sort of at the ready when we need it. But I am, you know, I'm thinking of the so many women who, like you talked about, Kim, just are so fatigued. You know, Mm -hmm. is it a question of just hump it out because it's going to help that fatigue? Or what else do you offer? What else do you say? I think one of the things that I would say is get your expectations in check, because I think unrealistic expectations is um, one of the things that kills people's goals because they think something's wrong because they're not moving at the speed that they think they should be when really they, that was never realistic to start with. And it might shock people when I say this to you, but it's not normal to lose one to two pounds per week. Like that's not normal. If you have a ton of weight to lose, like if you are um, really have a lot of weight to lose, you might lose, you might lose two pounds a week. Most people who I work with lose a half a pound a week, half a pound to, to a pound per week on average. And some weeks, and because I said on average, like across a month, maybe some weeks their weight looks like it's static for the entire week and nothing changes to the following week. And then it drops a little bit. So don't set your sights on daily weigh-ins, like weigh yourself daily, but don't hang your hopes on what the scale says today is super important. Like look at it long-term month to month, and then know that it is really normal. It is great progress to lose two pounds in a whole month. That's Mm. really good progress. And when people wrap their heads around that, what they start realizing is like, I was given up because I thought something was wrong. And really it wasn't like, that's, that's how my clients make really good progress is they understand what good progress is. And it's not fast. Awesome. Thank you, Susan. Yeah. I mean, same unrealistic (laughs) expectations will kill just about anything, you know? And I I think our generation was brought up to think that two pounds was normal. Like it was an okay Mm -hmm. rate of weight loss. I I remember that just from being a kid, 
Um, so we have that in our head and it's not easy to get rid of, but I, and it's tied to also that there's some sort of timeline involved here. Like mm -hmm. I am not keeping up with the timeline. Like for some reason I should be losing weight faster, or I only lost what Kim was saying, like a half pound. Those words in particular need to be thrown out because they're the killer. They're a real killer for a lot of people because that's what they're thinking. They've done something wrong. They didn't do it good enough. Um, and I've got to get, I've got to do this. I've got to get to the finish line. There is no finish line. Yeah, you know, we think there is, we think there's this aha moment that when we cross that line, you know, the angels sing, the skies open up, everything's perfect in our lives. Perfect. And it's never that way. It's, right. it's never that way. And I truly feel this, that if, if people could take the weight of this finish line mentality off their shoulders, cause it's a burden because it forces you to perform, you know, right. if you can take that off your shoulders and truly accept that there's no race in this whatsoever, your life will change. I guarantee it. That is the, that is one of the life changers that happened for me, but you have to do the more than you have to do more than just say it. You have to understand what that means. And that now you can focus on I hate to use the word process and journey and all those woo-woo words, but you can focus on your life. You can go to the gym and build muscle. Who cares how long it takes? You can go out to, to dinner with your friends and not get anxiety because you're afraid you're going to overeat. You know, you can do all of these things because the, the, the finish line has been eliminated. You know, yes. it's now just about living instead of performing. And I think that's the big difference. Okay. You two are dropping some bombs right here and you're making me think Susan, what you just said actually makes me think of Kim's story in your last year where you were really sidelined. Um, life literally got in your way and, and you are winding your way sort of back to wherever it is you want to be or forward from wherever it is you are. And it's, you're truly sort of, you're exemplifying that journey. You know, the, I, I mean, I didn't hear you say once, uh, oh, geez, I'm so bummed out, you know, whatever happened. And, you know, it just derailed. You really just sort of pivoted your perspective. And yeah. And it's not to say like, I didn't feel down about it. Cause I got to tell you like being sick, really, that really sucked. And like Awful. realizing like, crap, I'm putting on a lot of weight. I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to have to lose weight. Like I don't want to do that. I believe me. I thought that, but it's not productive to wallow in that. Right. Mm -hmm. And so for me, the question was always like, okay, so what do I want to do about this? Do I want to do something about this? That's the other thing, ladies, you don't have to decide, like, I want to lose weight. You don't have to do it. It's really right. important to do like our language around that. Like I'm choosing to do this. And for me to say like, I am choosing I'm going to lose 20 pounds. I'm choosing to do that. And so each day I would not say things to myself, like, I have to eat salad and I can't, I can't eat the ice cream. I'm choosing to eat salad right now. You know, I'm choosing to have ice cream tomorrow. I'm, I'm choosing not to have it right now. I could have it if I want it, but I'm going to choose not to. And that kind of verbiage is really powerful because it doesn't feel like it's being done to us. Like I didn't feel like anybody yes. was like holding a gun to my head saying you're losing this 20 pounds and you can't eat the ice cream. Yeah. I was choosing to not eat Recording ice cream. in progress. Yeah. I sorry. We, sorry. Can you hear me? So, yeah, I can hear you. Okay. I love that. And what you're both saying sort of threaded throughout this hour is sort of, you know, releasing the victim stuff, mm -hmm. making choices, taking action, 
and sort of owning that. And I love this yeah. for a second because I think too, for midlife women especially, there's this sort of wrestling match that can happen between, um, you know, I accept where I am and I love where I am. And then actually like wanting to make changes, whatever they may be. And almost sometimes I think for some women feeling like they are thereby um, accepting sort of society's, you know, tag of them or whatever, instead of just kind of being like, you know, this actually, I want this. I want to do this. I want to get stronger. I want to work on this. I want to work on that. Um, so I love what you're both saying. It's really about a lot of ownership. And I really mm -hmm. appreciate you're saying that. Does that make sense? Am I making sense? Yeah, I, no, you're yeah. making total sense. And it doesn't have to be a choice between either I accept myself or there's something I want to change. We can still love ourselves and want yeah. to change things about ourselves. Yeah. Though, you know, there are a lot of people you know, who talk in social media these days are like, no, you can't do that. If you want to change yeah. anything about yourself, yeah. you hate yourself. And that's not true. And I think a big piece of changing ourselves and still loving ourselves is actually acting loving to ourselves while we're changing ourselves. So we can talk nicely to ourselves. We can talk nicely about ourselves. Mm. We don't have to say like, I have to lose weight because my thighs are fat and disgusting. We can be like, you know what? Like, I kind of want to change my thighs, but I'm really, I'm really grateful that I have thighs. Yes. And I can walk up and down the street today yeah. and I don't hate them, but like, I kind of want to change something. I think how we speak to and about ourselves is really important. Oh, I love that. Um, I, I don't want to take advantage of your time and it's been an hour, but I have two questions that have come from the community. If I can just ask those of you. Yeah. Sure. Um, so someone asked, uh, I think this is what she means. She said six simple, but effective moves to do daily. That'll hit my arms, my core, my legs, butt. so I think she means like two moves that she can do every day, or if she should do it every day, that'll target arms, core legs. Okay. First of all, no, don't do it every day. No need to okay. do it every day. Um, three, four times a week is fantastic. Um, Susan and I can go back and forth and tell you some moves. So squats, some kind of squat, some kind of hip hinge movement and some kind of deadlift. It can be with a bar, a kettlebell, a, a dumbbell, doesn't matter. Some, okay. something where your hips go behind you. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, some kind of chest press. So Susan, like she said, she likes dumbbells. I like dumbbells and barbells. So some kind of chest press. Okay. Um, any kind of uh, pulling motion. So rowing, you could row a dumbbell. You could pull, if you have a cable, you could do a lap pull down, something where you're actually pulling. Okay. And then what, what did we miss? Uh, some kind core? of overhead pressing, shoulder overhead. overhead pressing or lateral raises, some kind of uh, shoulder press. Okay. Um, and core is incorporated in all of these moves. Can be, can, can be for be, sure. Yeah. And, and you, you can know, do dedicated I mean, core work. Yeah, I mean, sure. I, you know, you can start with a, holding a plank, and 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 I'll I'll tell you this right now. Whoever asked this, mm. try holding a plank um, with three very different um, places of contact. Meaning, people usually just get up on their elbows and toes and just stay there for minutes and hours and <laughs> yes, whatever. Yes, yes. You know, and at some point, the the return is not great. Okay. But if you get up into that plank and you brace your stomach like somebody's going to punch you in the gut so it's super tight, you're gonna get your shoulders, send them away from your ears and squeeze your butt super hard. Keep all those three engaged intensely 
try holding that plank, practice holding that plank. Mm-hmm. It's okay. a game changer. And yeah, that's, that's, and that's where you could start. I mean, and then you could reach an arm forward. You could lift one leg. I mean, there's a lot you can do just from that position. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. If you can do a plank like Susan just described for 30 to 60 seconds, don't just keep <laughs> hanging out there for like two minutes. Do another variety, do a single leg, do an arm reach. Okay. Um, because there's no reason for you to be planking for three minutes. It's, it's, a, okay. it's a waste okay. of your time. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the other question was, uh, someone asked, for the novice on a budget, are household items useful to use as weights? Or should she really consider buying a set or, or will bands suffice? I know this is a tough one because they're kind well, of really the reason deep. it's tough is because we want people to use what they have, right? Like we don't want to say like, no, don't, don't bother if that's all you have. Like, frankly, during COVID, we both came out with workouts for people using all those kinds of things, like using yeah. water bottles and detergent. Like we're doing the best, you do the best you can with what you have, but ideally, no, that's not the way you should go because it's going, you're going to struggle with that progressive overload. It's really hard to progressively overload with household items. It's really hard to progressively overload for most moves, most of the time with bands. It's really hard to do that. So ideally, if you're on a budget, what I'd want you to do is get some adjustable dumbbells. Like you can get them on Amazon and I'm not saying they're super cheap, but they're not crazy expensive and they're going to be a really good investment. So that would be my number one thing. Like let's get you some heavy enough dumbbells. I have a pair of adjustables here too. I I will say this. I think this comes from people want the benefits of being at a gym in their house without having all the equipment. And it's like, it won't work. It it won't work that way. You you can't get all the benefits of a gym in your house unless you have a gym in your house. I mean, you're right. It doesn't work that way, but that's not possible for everybody. Kim's got a great setup at home. I have a medium setup here, but I mean, adjustable dumbbells, well worth the investment. Um, that that would be a great place for anybody to start because you will have everything from five pounds up to 52, you know, okay. and, and be in shape for just about anything that you want to do. Okay. Um, finally, I would love to hear what is next for both of you. Susan, you wrote a book, which I'd love for you to spend a minute talking about what that was like. Um, sure. and, and what is next in store? So yeah, spent a lot of time writing this book. Um, it was a very difficult project for me just sitting down and trying to write and remembering a lot of things from 40 years ago. Literally, that was tough. That was yeah. one of the hardest parts, but I enjoyed it very much. Um, there it is. <laughs> hey, there it is. Um, so cool. um, and it's been doing great. I'm, I've been yeah. um, blown away. I've been so uh, thankful and grateful Congratulations uh, for that. To you. Um, for me moving forward, um, professionally, I am, I am full on inner circle with Jordan. We are, we have lots of plans in place to expand our, our, our group. We are aiming to bring in as many people and give them access to great programming, great content at minimal price. Um, and that's kind of both of our missions right now is, um, growing that and making it more efficient and better every, every single year. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And Kim, 
So I just recently phased out one-on-one online coaching. That's been my bread and butter for years now. And I have done that because last spring I launched the menopause weight loss course, which is an online course, nine modules with an accompanying um, Facebook group for support. Um, and it went so well. And I kept those ladies on and we now have our own online crew at the Aging Stronger Society. And I'm relaunching the course actually the end of this month, the 31st of this month, you can get in on that. And I am full-time doing that now instead of the one-on-one coaching. I basically took everything I've learned all these years working one-on-one with women. I just kind of fell into working with women over 40 because I was so vocal about my own struggles, yeah. um, what I was going through. And so I just had so many of these women coming to me that it just kind of de facto became what I, what I specialized yeah. in. And so now we work on it together. It's a nine module course that helps you get in into position your, what should you do for your nutrition? What should you do for your training? You know, it comes with a a six week training plan with me showing you how to do all the moves and then weekly calls with me and the rest of the crew. So we can talk through actual actions. It's not just like you learn how to do this stuff. Like you actually do it with me week to week. So that by the end of the nine weeks, you've made serious progress on your fitness goals. So that's launching August 31st. And, and that's what I'm giving away a free membership yes. to somewhere here on the call. That's what I'm giving away a free. Thank you. To. Okay. That's fantastic. This is very exciting. Ladies, I don't want to take any more of your time. You've been unbelievably helpful and fun to talk to. And I believe, uh, let me just check. I think, um, sorry, I'm just checking to see. I thought, I thought they announced that there are winners and they did, but I can't see who they are. So I think Julia is going to, um, contact those people. Yeah, I see them. I see them in the chat. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Serene and Amora. Is that Serene right? Pandino. Oh, good. All right. They've already they've already connected and those are your winners. Congratulations, ladies. I'm super oh, thank you. This I'm super excited for you. It's going to be quite an experience to work with both of these women. Um, thank you so much. Thank you, All Susan. Right. Thank you, Kim. Thank you for having us. Thank great, you for having us. It was great us. to speak with you. It was terrific. Enjoy, enjoy the rest of your uh, your weekend. Thanks Thank so much. Thank you. You too. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. You well. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Fitness Simplified Podcast. I hope you found it educational, motivational, inspirational, all kinds of ational. If you did enjoy this episode, if you found value in it, I would love it. It would mean the world to me if you left a rating and review wherever you are listening to this podcast. That really does help it get in front of more people. And if you're watching on YouTube, be sure to subscribe to the channel and give it a like. Again, this stuff really does matter. It helps for my stuff to get in front of more people and help more people. Thanks so much for being here. I will see you next time.